let's get going. Good evening, Rabiel. So I've got my background going here. I have a filter, uh, my background filter. We're, we're in the car on the way to the Cayman's Hospital. Let's get going. Today's daf is Aflamid Aleph, page 31 in Meseches Rosh Hashanah, our final week of learning the Mesechta. And we are up to the word Tanya. It's on the first line, the second to last word. And we are continuing with this sugya, uh, discussing the songs that were sung in the Beis Hamikdash by the Levim. Okay? The reason why we got onto this, this uh, topic of conversation is because we had a concern if they would uh, accept the Edom a little too late in the day, then the Levim would end up singing the wrong Shira in the Beis Hamikdash. So, continuing on that topic, Zot the Brisa says the Brisa. Tanya, Rabbi Yudah, Rabbi Shom, Rabbi Kiva. Rabbi Yudah says over in the name of Rabbi Akiva. Arishayna originally, I'm sorry. Arishayna, what was the proper shira that was sung by Lodiyam on Sunday? Lashem They would sing the shira of Lashem Ha'aretzumloyim. Now, as we read through these particular chapters of Tehillim, try to notice the connection between the song and what Hashem created on that day. What actually was created on, on that day. So, Hashem Hashem fills the earth. Okay? So, so far, so good. Yeah? The, the earth was created. The, the Gemara actually will go through each of these things. Al-Shem Shekona V'Hikna V'Shala Ba'ilama Because on the first day, Hashem acquired the universe, gave it over to human beings to be in charge of, as well, you know, uh, one of the primary ways that this is hinted to is with Rosh Chodesh, right? And the Yom Taivim, the holidays. Hashem gave over the power of the seasons and the holidays to humanity, particularly nowadays to call Yisrael. Um, and he ruled over the world all by himself. On Monday, what do the Levians sing? We sing, God, Hashem, Praise the Hashem, and he is abundantly praised. Why do we say that? Because on the second day, Hashem was cholak. Hashem separated um, uh, everything that was at that point, we'll call it one big bush. Right? Everything was together. And that was the first time that Hashem created separations. So on the second day, Hashem created those divisions and ruled over them. On, the two, on Tuesday, the Levium would sing, Hashem stands in the assembly of God when people get together. For what, is, for what reason is this sung on Tuesday? On the third day, that's when land became revealed with all of its wisdom. Okay? The Heichen and the world was now prepared for, for gathering. Now, interestingly, if you think about it, there's a fascinating Mishnah in Perkei Avos, right? The Mishnah Perkei Avos tells us that whenever three people, three judges, the number three, right, similar to Tuesday, day number three, whenever you have people sit together on a court, on a Besden, so the Shekhinah, the Divine Presence, rests among them. So you see over here again, the third day of creation, Hashem gave chokhmah, gave wisdom. Very interesting connection to three dayanim, three judges, right, where there's wisdom needed. 
For on a Wednesday, the Leviim was seeing Kel Nekomes Hashem. Hashem brings uh, revenge. Why? Because Hashem created the sun and the moon. And in the future, Hashem is going to take exact punishment from those that serve the sun and the moon. Okay, now what's this? So the sun and the moon, we're familiar with paganism, right? Idolatry, um, those who worship other things that they claim have power. The primary idolatry of the time were the, the, the things that reigned in the sky. For people were of the opinion that the sun is in control of the daytime, the moon is in control of the nighttime, okay? So those would be the, the classic representatives of paganism and idolatry, and therefore, Hashem. Hashem takes revenge, so to speak, against this blatant disregard of godliness in the world, okay? Now, this is a very important idea because what this sets for us, a very important idea in life, what this sets for us is, is that the same HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Hashem that loves us, when you love somebody and you care for somebody, you want to make sure that you don't, that, that they're not just spoiled and you can do whatever you want, right? Unfortunately, people think in their relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that, oh, there's the, God is the God of love and I can do whatever I want because anyway God loves me. And the answer is, it's true that anyway God loves you, but just because your father or mother loves you when, or loves me when I'm chutzpahdik to them doesn't give me a right to not hold up to my end of the deal. doesn't give me a right to, to have chutzpah to my parents, right? I still need to show the proper respect, right? But very often we take advantage of that love. We know, we know our parents are going to love us anyway. We know God's going to love me anyway. Hashem says, tell the comments, Hashem. No, there, there's a vengeance there, meaning there, there's consequences if we're not holding up our end of the relationship. And that's a very important message. In love, there are boundaries. There's not boundaries to how far the love goes, but boundaries meaning there's, there's expectations when we're, in, when we're in relationships. On the fifth day of the week, they would sing, sing out with tremendous gladness to, uh, to Hashem. Because Baruch Hu sang all these birds and fish, all these things sing out to uh, a praise to Hashem's name, right? It's fascinating. When we see things flying, you look out at the ocean, you see marine life, you go to an aquarium, it's beyond magical. It's, it's, it's amazing. And, and you see that there's so much more than what meets the eye. On the sixth day of creation... What did the Levian sing? Hashem Malach Geyoslaveish. Hashem is now Hashem is now the king, Geyoslaveish, and he is wearing his Geyos. He is wearing his his. Uh, we'll translate this as haughtiness, uh, eleva- ele- elevation. Hashem clothes himself in this thing. What does that mean? What is this referring to? Al Shem Shagamar Melachta Yumalach Because on the sixth day of creation, all of Hashem's created things, and I'm translating it like this on purpose, were completed. Now, the reason why I'm translating, the reason why we have to translate again is because often people say, Hashem created the world in six days, and on the seventh day He rested. That's not true. Here's what happened. On the seventh day, 
Hashem created rest. Okay? So it's not that nothing was created on day seven. Shabbos was created. Rest was created. Okay? So, but the physical entities, everything that was created in the physical, that was done on six, on, on six days. Interestingly, the sages teach us that the one thing that's kind of physical in this world that was not made during the six days of creation is fire. Hashem waited until Matzi Shabbos, until Saturday night, to create fire. And if you think, if you notice, fire is kind of physical, kind of spiritual. It's in between, right? It's like what connects the uh, something. You, you can't touch it. You can't grasp it. It's not tangible. But ooh, do you feel it, right? This is why we say, Bore Moreh on Matzi Shabbos alone. If somebody were to, were to make Abdullah on Sunday morning, if somebody fell asleep Shabbos evening and you didn't make Abdullah yet, you wake up Sunday morning and you make Abdullah. The halacha is, practical law, is you make your regular Abdullah, but you do not make Aish. You do not make the blessing on the fire. Why not? Because fire is only set on, on Saturday night. That's when God gave, that's when Hashem gave fire to Adam. Right? But fire is an, it's like in between. It's quasi-physical, quasi-spiritual. It's a fascinating thing. But, but getting back to what our Gemara is teaching us, and that is everything physical was ultimately created on the sixth day. On the sixth day, that was when everything was was completed. The Shvi'i and on Shabbos, for you Imrim, the the Vim would sing Mizmar Shirli on Shabbos, Liyom Shakulay Shabbos. They would sing Mizmar Shir for Shabbos, referring to a day where there is complete and uh, and absolute rest. Okay, now that is the. Uh, that, that is the brisa that we started on the top line of the Amr. We're now going to have a little bit of a different view over here. Amr ibn Chemya. Why the Chum establish to split up um, uh, to, to split up the day of Shabbos? Yeah, he says, listen, everything else, um, you know, uh, has to do with things that were that, that were created. Shabbos seems not. Ella, rather, see, he changes it around because he's bothered why Shabbos would be any different. And he gives different reasons for the days. And he says like this, Barishayin on a Sunday, the Levium, saying why they did, That part he agrees to. Bishini on Monday, He agrees to that. There was division, there were things were split up, and Hashem was king over it. The Shlishi on day number three, okay, he brought, uh, he, he opened up wisdom to the world. For a V on Wednesday, so far so good. Okay, Thursday, birds and marine life, beautiful. Okay, beautiful. So far, so good. Everything's the same. So where is Rebbe Nechemia coming to argue? By the following words. Bashvi on the seventh day, the reason why we said Mizmar Shiliyam HaShabbos is not Liyam Shekulei Shabbos. Rather, Al Shem Sheshavas, because HaKadosh Baruch Hu rested. Okay? HaKadosh Baruch Hu rested. And um, this is letting us know that humanity as well are supposed to completely refrain from any active work on Shabbos. Now, Says the Gemara, what, it seems like such a, a small detail. What's like going on over here? So the Gemara explains the Kamifagi Rabbi Katina. 
the Machoi between the first Brisa and what Rabbi Nechemi is coming to kick in on is because of something that Rabbi Katina said, the other Rabbi Katina. Shisa alfei shoni habe alma. This is, this is uh, very famously known. For 6,000 years, this world is going to exist. V'chad charuf, and um, for the first 1,000 years, okay, meaning after the 6,000 years, charuf is going to be destruction. Only Hashem is going to be in existence on that day. Trey, and then for two uh, for two thousand years, Charuf, there's going to be destruction. Hashem will bring back to life um, after Yoimayim, which is plural amount of days. So there's a machoikas whether um, whether Shabbos. Here's the ultimate answer. Is Shabbos referring to the seventh day that we have? That's going to be Reb Nechemia. The first opinion, however, is going to be that it's referring to the seventh number of thousand years. The first thousand years after this world is going to cease to exist in the way, in the way that we know it. Okay, so now we know the Nafkamino, the difference between Rebbe Akiva's opinion of Yom Shekulai Shabbos, referring to the full seven, the year 6001 to the year 7000, while Rebbe Nechemia holds no. It's referring literally to the creation of the world and it's referring to Shabbos Day. Okay. Now, what we said, what we, were, what we just explained was the proper songs, the proper shira that, that accompanied the Karban HaTomid in the, in the morning of each day. Now we're going to get into the other sacrifices and the, the um, shiras, the songs that were sung on, uh, that were sung uh, accompanying those um, those sacrifices. Okay, one moment. When it came to the Karban Musaf of Shabbos, what was the shira that was sung? Amra Vanabar, Rava Amara Vanabar was his name of Rav. They sang, hey, uh, we'll, we'll read it, Haziv Lach. They sang the, the paragraphs of Haziv Lach. Now the Rishonim here explained that Haziv Lach is referring to um, Hazinu, Zuchar Yomai Sailam, Yarkeveyu, Vayar Shavayinot, Lulei Kas Oyev, and Kiyodin Hashem Amai. Okay? So all these things were connected with the Musaf of Shabbat. Yom Rechonim Barabba Marab. Rechonim Barabba also says in the name of Rab, the Derech Shachalukim Khan, the same way things were split up over here. Kachalukim Ebeis HaKnesses. This is also how it's Cholok. This is also how it's read in the Beis HaKnesses in the Shul. Okay? Meaning that, that, uh, whenever you sing a Parsha Zazinu, so they would sing, they would be, it's broken up into six parts, and, um, 
the, the Shira, the Song of Azinu, was broken up into uh, was broken up into seven parts. The first six people would be called up to the Tyre. And the way you split up Parsa Azinu also is with these Psukim of of uh, Hazivla. Okay. What about at the carbon tamid shalbein har bayim? What was sung? Amar of Yechanan az yashir umichamaycha ve'az yashir. Okay. What does that mean? Seems like it's redundant. No, one's referring to az yashir that we sang by the Yamsuf, by the splitting of the Red Sea. Another one's referring to the az yashir that we sang by the well. Ibaylehu. Hanukulu bechad b'Shabbata Amru Amru Lei, where all these things said on the same Shabbos, Idoma Kol Shabbata b'Shabbata Amichad, or maybe it was divided amongst various Shabbosim, and we'd only do one and kind of make a cycle. So, which one was it? So, the Gemara answers, Tashma, come and listen. The Tanya we learned in the Brisa, Amr Rav Yaisi, Ad Sharishayna Emeres Achas Nia Chayzeres Shtayim. While the first one's being said. The second one is being said over Shmamina Kol Shabbata B'Shabbata Omri Chad Shmamina. You see from here that we only said one on each of the Shabbosim. Only one was said on on uh, each Shabbos. Okay. All right. Here we go. Let's keep going. We have a, a new topic over here. Amar of Yehuda. The Shechina traveled ten times um, during, you know, once the base of Mikdash was destroyed. So we know that, you know, there's a famous, there's a famous vart, a famous idea. They, they say over from the Kutzka Rebbe, the Kaddish Lebracha, they say over from the Kutzka Rebbe that when he was a kid, his father asked him, where's, where is, um, you know, where is, where, where's Hashem? And he responded, wherever you let him in. Right? Wherever you let him in. It's a beautiful idea, right? And it's amazing. There used to be a set place where the Shekhinah resided. The, the divine presence rested in a set place. Unfortunately, however, once we went out into Golos, what do we read on Tisha B'Av? HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I am with you in your pain. When the Jewish nation is in pain, that's when God is with us. That's when Hashem is with us. It's, it's, it's fascinating because what it's letting us know is the, the, the more Tzaras is going on, the more opportunity, we, the, the closer of an opportunity we have to be with the Rabbani Yisrael. It's a very important idea. Okay? What the Gemara here is going to mention that there's ten travels that the Shekhinah made, so to speak, with us once the once the first base on Mikdash was destroyed. Um Mikroy, and we clean it out from verses of Kinegdon, Golsa, Sanhedrin, and Kinegan means opposite that, in tandem with that, the Sanhedrin also um, uh, also had ten stages of exile Nikamara, which could be learned out from the rabbis, from uh, from uh Misora, from tradition. Now let's go through these. The ten journeys that the Shekhinah made after the, the first case of the Shekhinah from a verse. It says, the Kapiris, the Kruk. It says they went from the Kapiris to the Kruk. 
Okay? The kafaris is the covering of the aron, the kruvim we're familiar with. Umikrov lekrov, right? One kruv to the other kruv. Umikrov lemiftan. From the kruv, the shechina then went to the entrance of the, of the, or we'll call it the exit. It's kind of like the threshold. Umimiftan lechatzer. And from the threshold, the shechina then went out to the chatzer. That was the next stage of its journey out of the Beis HaMikdash. Umechatzer lemizbeach, umizbeach ledag. Umegag lechayma, umechayma leir. Right? Slowly but surely, the Shechina is now leaving from the, from, from the Holy of Holies. And now it's ready by the exit at the walls of Yerushalayim. Umeir lahar. And now it exited Yerushalayim and went to Harazesim. Umeir lamidbar. And from Harazesim went out to the Midbar. And Midbar also, the Yashu Kadmir from the wilderness, it went back up to its resting place. Shanamar. And return El Makami to my resting place. Now we're going to show where you see in the verses such stages of exile. was talking from on top of the uh, on top of the Kapiris. This is when Hashem spoke to Moshe Rabbeinu. And he it went on top of the kruf, the oif, and flew away. So you see that it went from one kruf to the other. We lift on the chatzir from the threshold to the chatzir. Where do you see that was a stage of the exile? And the base hamikdash was filled with the anan hakavod with the cloud. And the chutz of the courtyard was filled uh, as as with the the glow of Hashem's honor. Hashem standing on the chaymas anoch, right the wall, that's referred to the wall of the outside, the, uh, outside the base of the base. Hashem Hashem calls out to the city. And from Harazesim to the Midbar, Midbar also El Mekoyni, behold, I will go back to my place. Yeah? It's fascinating. You know what's fascinating? You know, what's the message of the Shekhinah moving in ten stages? To me personally, you know what the message is? Because Rav is letting us know, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. Why did Hashem leave? Because it was Musa, right? It was, it was a message to us as Klau Yisrael. And Hashem first leaves the first step. And he's like, hello, I'm no you know, I move. You know, Jewish people take the message, right? Cut it out. Stop with the Lush Hara. Stop with all these things. Stop with going up. Right? Hashem doesn't just throw down the book and get up and leave. He doesn't just drop the mic and walk out on us. God forbid. Step by step. It took ten steps. Ten stages. For HaKadosh Baruch Hu to, to ultimately say, all right, listen, if call yourself the Jewish nation is not getting the message, I'm the, I'm, my divine presence is going to go back up. 
you know, uh, until the right time. The, the, the incredible patience that Hashem has. He's, he's so hesitant to leave us. It's so hard for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to leave Kal Yisrael. Amr Abiyachim Abiyachim says, Shisha Chadashim, this Akva Shechina Yisrael Bamidbar. For six months, the Shechina hung around Kal Yisrael in the Midbar, Shami Yachsu B'Tshuva, hoping <laughs> for six months out in the wilderness before going back up. Hashem's out alone in the wilderness, and he says, I'm not going up for six months. He's hanging around, hoping we're going to do tshuva. He learns like, once we did not do tshuva, what happened? Okay, listen, they're hurting themselves. The eyes of the Rishon. I really wanted these, the, the wicked people to do tshuva. And I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have, uh, stop, you know, I wouldn't have stopped them at all. If I would have seen a little bit, I would have come running. Um, but unfortunately now, any tikva, any hope that we have, mapach nofesh is now going to cause, um, is now going to cause stress, anxiety, and sadness. Okay. We said that the Shina left in ten stages. So too, the Sanhedrin also left by the second base Hamikdash, by the Chorban, by Yesheni, also they left in ten stages. And that turned out from tradition, from the Sairah. First they moved this Gazel to the Chanos, um, which was the, the store that they had in the, uh, the base Hamikdash, right? If we're familiar with that, um, they had all these, uh, the whole interaction with, with uh, people who would purchase animals and have their tickets, right? The whole, so they moved to the Chanos, and the Chanos Yerushalayim, and then for the first they moved all the way out to Yerushalayim, and Yerushalayim, the Yavna, Yerushalayim, they moved out to Yavna, we, down turn, we now turned on the base, from the Yavna to Usha, and from Yavna they went to Usha, from Usha to Yavna, they went back to Yavna, from Yavna to Usha, back to Usha, Usha to Shfaram, from Usha they went to Shfaram, from Shfaram to Beisharim, from Beisharim to Tzipayri, from Tzipayri to Tzveria, from Tzveria Muka Mikulan. Once we hit Tzveria, that was the furthest exile. Shinamar Vishafal Me'ara Sidaberi. Vishafal, they're going to fall down and we're going to speak to the ground. That was, once we got the Tveria, that was the toughest stage, like the, you know, the, the final blow, so to speak, for the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin did not have ten, they had six uh, steps of Golas. Shinamar Ki Heshach Yoshve Mara. He brought down those who live on high. Those that live up high will be lowered. Yashvilena al eretz yagiena al afar will be lowered to the ground and be brought down to the dust. Amar abiyechanan. What does that mean? Umisham asid and ligar. Yes, there's going to be dust, but guess what? From the dust, ultimately, is going to be our redemption. Shenamar hisnari leafar kumi. We're familiar with this from the Chadaydi on Friday night. Right? Hisnari miafar kumi. When it comes time. For the uh, for the times of Mashiach, so the expression is shake off the dust of Golos and come up back to me. Come back, come back to Jerusalem. So yes, we're we're so to speak in the dust right now, but realize the dust is not an end. The dust is but a beginning. And what a beautiful message, by the way, for Tzias right? The beautiful message for Tzias the human body goes back to dust, but from the dust, ultimately, everything arises. Why do we say to a mourner, 
at the time of mourning, what words of comfort is it traditional to say to somebody? We say, we say, uh, May you be comforted amongst the mourners of Zion in Jerusalem. Why do we say that? What's unique about this phrase? Hashem, should you be comforted amongst the corner? We're not comforted. Right? We're still suffering from the loss. So the reason given is, even though we know there's no longer Zion in Jerusalem in its full glory, but we are confident that it's temporary. We're confident it's temporary. We know that one day we're going to be reunited with the Beis Hamikdash, with Yerushalayim. And the words of comfort we give to a mourner is that you be comforted amongst the mourners in Yerushalayim. In this, realize, yes, you just lost the loved one, but it's temporary. It's not a permanent loss. There's going to be a time, maybe speedily in our days, of Tchiyas HaMesim. And that person who we just lost is going to come back. That's why Hamakim Minachim Esem are words of comfort. Because it's telling the mourner, yes, it hurts. It's a ladder hurt. It's supposed to hurt. But realize that uh, it's, only, uh, it's, it's only a temporary loss. Okay, here we go. We're now up to the Mishnah about uh, 11 lines from the top of Lamed Aleph, Amud base. Here we go. Says the Mishnah, I also made a Takana Shafilu Rish Bezdin Bikomaka that even if you have a Bezdin anywhere else, Shalayu Aidim Mohim Ella Makamakai. Okay? That um the uh the Rish Bezdin that we'll call him the leading rabbi of the Bezdin cannot also be the one to accept the witnesses have to give their edus hachaydesh, the testimony of the new month, only in a place where there is an assembly of a bezdin. All right? It has, now, why would I have thought otherwise? Why would I have thought it's any different? So Rashi and other Mepharshim explain, and we'll see in the Gemara, that, that the head of the bezdin, remember we learned, is the one that, ex, that proclaims Mekudosh, Right? He says, Mekudosh, sanctified, and everybody else says, Mekudosh, Mekudosh. So I would think that you need a Bezdin, but wherever the, the head of the Bezdin is really is the main thing, because you need him to make the statement. Says the Mishnah, no. No. It's not about him making the statement. It's about there being a Bezdin. All right? So even if you have him, if the if bottom line is you're not going to have a Bezdin there, then if, if the Bezdin is not in this location, we're not going to accept the aid. That was the decree of Rebbech and Mezakeh. Okay, let's get into this a little bit. Says the Gemara. We'll start out with a incident. Ahia said there was a woman. She had a court case. In front of our, in front of Amemar, right? In But Amemar then went to Mechuzah and she didn't follow him. She stayed in our duh. So he put her in uh, put her in khair. Okay? He put her in khair. Um Ravashi La Maymar, what I don't understand what you just did. But on Tanan, I feel the rice bezdin bechol mokam, shilla yiu eidam mokum el mokum uh mokumava. And therefore what's your whole thing about her going to wherever you are? All she has to do is go to the place where your bezin is established. 
Why do you you're upset at her because she's not following you to Mahuza? There's got to be more to the story here. Omar Lei, Hani Milini needs a chaydish. That's why he is a chaydish. Yeah, that it's uh, you know that you you go to where the bezin is the imkain. Because if you if you think you go to the Avbezdin, Nimtes Bachshin Lossid Lovely, it's going to come out with a Mikshel. Why does it come out with a Mikshel? Because if you expect people to go wherever the head of the Bezdin is, it could turn into a headache for them. And they'll say, you know what? So I'm not going. I'm not going to testify. Sorry, Charlie. You know, I came to where I thought the Bezdin is going to be. Turns out they're out of town. I'm not, I'm, I'm not doing this anymore. Too inconvenient. Abalaka, but here... When she owes money, and I summon her to pay back the money, and that needs to be paid back, it's incumbent upon her. It's her responsibility to make sure this gets handled. And if it happens to be that I had that was out of town for a little bit, for her to just completely disregard it and be like, okay, see you later, I'm out of here, i got nothing to do with this, is a claim against her. She's not taking responsibility on her actions. And that's why I put her in here. Turn up on the rabbis on social media. Ain't a kind of Mishon Lalis besandaleim leduchim. Kahanim are not allowed to wear their shoes, their sandals, when they go up to duchim, to, right, to give the brachas. The reason why a Kohen in our shuls nowadays does not wear shoes is one of the nine decrees that Rabbi Yechim Ezekiel put into place. Shish to have a pirka. Okay? Six of them. Six of the nine decrees are already listed, okay? Now, let's remind ourselves of some, right? We discussed Schaefer, okay, that you nowadays you cannot blow Schaefer. We discussed Lulav, right, that it's their Abonon for seven days. We're in the base Amikdash. In the times of the base Amikdash, the outside the base Amikdash is only brought on one day, but now we do seven days after the Amikdash. We also know about the, the that it's forbidden to eat from the new grain the entire 16th day of Nisan. Also, that um, the Bezdin would take uh, the Bezdin would take Edos HaChodesh throughout the day, and the uh, the Edim should uh, should only go to the place where the Bezdin is set up. Right? You don't need to go to where the Av Bezdin is. You go to where the Bezdin is set up. Because of the Pirkakama. And then the, we, we had a, a seventh one, the Pirkakama, at the end of the first Perak, okay? And um, that was uh, the Mephorsim of us out over here, that um, there were specific months that the messengers were sent out. The Edoch, and the next one, the Tanlant of Brisa, Gershon is Gaiver's Manazes. We spoke over seven out of nine, all right? So here's the next one. If somebody converts, there's Manazes nowadays. You have to set aside a little bit of money, Lekinai, for his, uh, for his um, carbon burps. Okay? And you have to assume that Beis Amikdash is, uh, is coming. We want to see that he also believes that Chakaloi B'chol Yom Sheyav. Amar Rabshem Ben Alazar, Kvar Nimna Allah, Rabbechon, Abidla, Rabbechon already voted and they, they got rid of this, Rabbechon, Atakala. Because it's going to lead to takala. What's the takala? If we start setting aside money nowadays for hectish, let's say Mashiach doesn't come. And remember, this Gemara has been around for quite some time. Right? People, Yidin have been reading this page of Gemara for centuries. 
And unfortunately, Mashiach's not there. So we're concerned that even though we're confident Mashiach could come at any moment, what if he doesn't? And there's going to be hectic money laying around. People may come to use it for their personal benefit and transgress. So they stopped it. The Edoch and the last decree, Fukka the Repapa of Nachum there's a dispute as to what it is. Repapa Omar Karam Revai, of Nachum Bar Yitzchak Omar Loshain Shel Zahiris. Okay, now what does this mean? What does this decree? Repapa saying it's Karam Revai, Nachum saying Loshain Zahiris, what's going on? The Gemara explains. Repapa Omar Karam Revai, the time we learned in the Mishnah, Karam Revai, the Shalayim, the Karam Revai, the fourth year of brought to Yishlaim, Mahalach Yayim, the Chalzat. And you had to travel to Yishlaim as long as you are within one day's of travel time, north, south, east, or west. The Zuhi is considered, the, and, and here is the Tchum. Here, I don't know if you're considered within the boundaries of being obligated to go to the Tchum, to, to go to Yerushalayim with Karim Ravai. Elas Minadar, Elat, Elat, to the south. Ekravas Minatsofen, Akravas, to the north. Lud Minamar, Lud to the west. The Yarde Minamizra, and the Yarde in the Jordan River. To these what's the reason that you're not allowed to just put the put your karam revai kedusha onto money and instead I must I must take the food to Yerushalayim as long as I'm within these areas of closeness. We want Yerushalayim to be robust with fruits. Yeah, we want there to be a lot of fruit. Now karam revai didn't need to be eaten by the owner. Karam revai only needed to be eaten in Yerushalayim. So we wanted all sorts of delicious fruits but to, to be on the stands of Yerushalayim. The time we learned the Rebaisa, Kerem Revoi, Hayyavai the Revelezhbozer, Kerem Revoi, B'mizrach Lod, B'tzad, Kfar Tavi. It was east of Lod by Kfar Tavi. Now, he should have been obligated to bring it to Yerushalayim. And Rebelezhbozer, instead of bringing it to Yerushalayim, wanted to say, you know what? It's ownerless. Let the poor people take it. Let it go to its Tzedakah. Yeah? They already said you could do that. You don't even need to make it half. You don't even make it ownerless. Okay? So you see from here, says Rav Papa, that the ninth decree of Rav Yechonim and Zakai used to be that if you were within these borders, you were obligated to take it to Yerushalayim. Ultimately, it was nullified. But Rav Papa holds that this was, at the time, the ninth decree. Rav Nachman Yisak argued, and he said, no, the ninth decree is not about Karim Ravai. The ninth decree was for Lush and Saul Zahiris. Now, what's this? Let's read this inside. Rav Nachman Yisak, I'm a Lush and Zahiris. 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 In the beginning, they would take a, a um, Lush and a string of Zahiris of red wool, and they would put it on the Pesach Ulam Mibachutz, on the entrance of the Ulam of the Beis Hamikdash on the outside. Okay, um, the Ulam was the large hall that we had in the Beis Hamikdash. And on Yom Kippur, they would put the red string. And as soon as Kaisho got its kapara when the Sawyer Lazova got pushed off the cliff, the string would change colors. Okay, what happened? Hilbin Hayusmechim. If it turned white. Baruch Hashem, Hashem has accepted our Teshuvah. If it stayed red, they remain sad. They made a decree that it should be put on the inside. It should not be put on the outside. Okay? Now, 
what was the issue? What was the issue? The issue was twofold. Ready for this? Number one, Yom Kippur is not a time for sadness. Yom Kippur is a time of joy. It's serious joy, but it's joy of the opportunity of the day. We didn't want to do anything that can, God forbid, publicly lead to sadness. That was issue number one. Issue number two is, imagine if you heard the chauffeur, right, us, us nowadays, we hear the chauffeur blown at 11 a.m. on Yom Kippur, and everybody's singing, uh, everybody's wearing their kittel, their talis, and the chauffeur's being sounded. What's going to happen? It's 11 a.m. Yom Kippur. You know what everybody's going to do? They're going to go home and read the newspaper. Right? We already got our tshuva. So they were concerned that if we left the red wool outside, and at 11 a.m. on Yom Kippur, it would turn white, people would think the seriousness of the day is over. They wouldn't take advantage of the rest of Yom Kippur. Look, we're already atoned for. Right? It was great. So therefore, they, they, they stopped it the publicizing of the of the uh, atonement. Okay. The people would still <laughs> go peek inside, look inside. So they had to change it. Yeah, they weren't they weren't achieving the, the desired results. So they took half of it and they put it on a on a rock, half of it attached to La Zozo. And uh, ultimately, it was not noticeable. Um, it was, it, they, they didn't keep it in the base of Mikdash. Bottom line, yeah, they took them both outside. One was put out in the desert, one was put on the animal. And uh, this, way, uh, this way, nobody was able to check until once Yom Kippur was over. Okay. who says that the ninth decree was for the string of wool and had nothing to do with the Karim Ravoy. Why does the Ark on the Papa? Amr Lach is going to say to you, Are you going to say Rabbi Yech is a friend of Rabbi Lezer? No, Rabbi Yav is actually his Rabbi. So it can't be that this was his decree. It must have been somebody else's decree. The Edoch, where Papa is going to say, No, keep on. Yeah? Since they were, they were uh, his Tamidim, um, it wouldn't have been, Eirechara means the way of the land. It would have been normal for them to say to, to him, your teacher. Yeah? So therefore they said, your, your friend, they said your friend referring to Rebbe Liezer. In other words, you don't say to your Rebbe, didn't your Rebbe say? But you could say to a Rebbe, didn't your friend say? It's a little more menschlich, a little more uh, respectful. For a pop my time, the Papu says that the ninth decree was about the Karim Ravai going to Shalayim within those locations. Why does he argue? Amar Lach, the Papu is going to say, Esau Kadaitach, Rabbi Yechim Menzakai, Bimei Rabbi Yechim Menzakai, Mi Avalosh of Iris. Let me ask you a question. You've got to learn some history. Yeah? In the days of Rabbi Yechim Menzakai, did they have the red wool? <laughs> what are you saying? He wouldn't decree about something that wasn't in existence, and I'll prove it to you. But Tanya, we learned in Abraisa. Koshesh Rabbi Yechim Menzakai, Mei Abbas and Shani, lived 120 years. Abraham Shani also had Prakmat. The first 40 years of his life, he earned money. He was involved in business. And once he had enough Parnasa, he spent 40 years learning. And then 
after he spent 40 years learning, he spent the last 40 years teaching Torah. Vitani, we learned in Abraisa. Our bomb shown up, Kaidim Shnechon Abayas, 40 years before the second base was destroyed. You never had the string turn white. Utanan, and we also learned, Vishakar Abayas, Hiskin Rechon and Zakai, after the base was destroyed, Rechon Zakai made a Takana. So one second. Rechon Zakai certainly lived part of his life once the base on Mikdash was destroyed. And the last 40 years, and the last 40 years of base Mikdash, it never turned white. So, how can you say that he was concerned of the strip of wool turning white and it was leading to people not taking it seriously, so he had to change it? In his days, it never turned white anyway. The Edoch and Ravnachmar Yisrael is going to say, however, one second. He lived 120 years. We know he was around once the Mishnah was destroyed. Okay. We know the last 40 years it was red. Hello? There's still more years that he could have been alive during the Beis HaMikdash. Maybe he was 60 years old when the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed, right? Um, and he said this, and they, uh, and they accepted his reasoning. And the, the Gemara's original question was, if Rebbe Nechemezakai only, only started teaching in the last 40 years, and the last 40 years of the Beis HaMikdash, was only read, there's no way he made this decree once he became a teacher. That's what was bothering the Gemara. To which the Gemara responds, you're right, but maybe he had this idea when he was 60 years old, as an example, he was a student, he brought up this, there was still white, right, this strip was still turning white at times, because he's still 60, 20 years left before it stopped. And he was a student, but they accepted his logic. He pointed out, hey, you know, my dear Abayim, there, there's an issue happening. Kal Yisrael is not taking your Kippur seriously. I know I'm just a student. And they accepted it. That's what happened, says Ravnachman Yitzchak. Last line of Gemara, top of tomorrow's daf. But because it was his idea, the Rabbeim of that time established this decree in his name because even though he was a student, it was his idea given to him, okay? And that's the reason why Rav Papa holds of his ninth decree, and Nachman Yitzchak holds of his ninth decree, and Bez Hashem, we will pick up from here tomorrow evening, same time. Have a wonderful, wonderful night.